You are listening to the Passion City Church DC podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, DC, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Ben Stewart. Well, hello, Passion City Church. Hey, if you got a copy of your scriptures, we're going to jump in uh, to uh, the series we've been in in 1 Peter. Uh, we're going to jump into 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, but before we do, a couple things. One, let me just say again, I was so inspired by Love DC this weekend. We were out at the Shaw Block Party, and I just love that, that the outworking of our faith is stepping in and saying, man, we're not just going to worship here in these doors. We're going to open these doors and spill out and say, can the community feel the effect of the love of Jesus Christ in our hearts becoming tangible in a neighborhood? So I loved being out there with my kids. It was hot, but... Um, it was a beautiful day to be out there, and we're grateful for it, and grateful for all you who jumped in to serve and who gave to make all that possible. Uh, before I jump in as well, too, I want to get into our series, but obviously this has been a historic weekend, and uh, I, I think I want to address not so much Ben's thoughts on the policy implications of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I don't think you need that. But I do want to give um, some perspective and then uh, maybe some guiding principles for us as a community of faith. And to do that, it, it's interesting for me in a room like this, because as I've talked with some of you and, and even just imagine in this space, uh, there's a variety of responses. I think there's people in here that are, see what happened as a reason to celebrate and are excited. Uh, I, I know there's others that uh, are sad and angry about the way and things are playing out. And I've talked to many that are uncertain what to think and how to feel, but are scared by the tone of our national conversation on a variety of issues. Are we going to rend ourselves apart or is there a way to come together over these increasingly wide divides? And I just wanna say a couple comments. And the, and the first one is this, that the historic Christian position from the very beginning uh, has been to value life. And it's the outworking of uh, Genesis 1, the Imago Dei, that men, women are made in the image of God and therefore have dignity and value, regardless of their capacity, regardless of what they're able to do, that human beings have dignity and value. And in the early church, that manifested itself in the culture of Rome. We've talked about this as a church, that infanticide was common in Rome. Uh, particularly little baby girls weren't seen as, as valuable and could be left out to die of exposure. And women like Macrina, the sister of Basil and Gregory, uh, theologians, she launched ministry campaigns to, to pick up these girls and raise them in the name of Jesus and to love them. And that's always been an outworking of the Christian faith, that theology and, and practice come together, that we talk about the love of God and then express the love of God. And we wanna see these babies uh, live and flourish in the world. But to say that, I also wanna say we're pro-moms and we are pro-women as a house. If you're wondering where, where do we stand on that, the book of James says that true religion is to visit the orphan and widow in their distress. That he says, hey, true religion expresses itself in the care for those who are hurting. And when the fabric of society breaks, it, it's often the, the vulnerable who lose, uh, children and, and often women who don't have the economic means to care for themselves and the ones they're caring for. And James says true religion is the expression of care 
into that environment. And he says, if your commitment to the Savior doesn't become an active commitment to serve, he says, that religion is worthless. And so regardless of, of how you feel about, about the policy issues, I think we can all agree we're going to be a house that steps in to serve because we believe those, those babies have dignity, we believe those moms have dignity, and we want to serve them and see them live and thrive. And we wanna see families live and thrive. We wanna see men be, be fathers and raise their sons and daughters. And we wanna be a community that helps people flourish. And in that, I wanna say this too, that we are not a shame community. The gospel's too great for that. And so look, there, there's some of you in here, and I, I, I know some that, You've, you've had an abortion and you don't feel good about that. And I would imagine some of you uh, have and, and you don't feel bad about it. You, you think that's fine. And either one, I want to say to you, we love you. And you have dignity and you have value in the image of God. And you're welcome here and we honor you. And we want to be a house where people don't retreat emotionally out of fear. But as many did in the presence of Jesus, they come forward with the good, the bad, the ugly, the the formed and unformed and uncertain, and they just come in knowing that we're approaching a throne of grace. And I want you to know that's this house. That's how we talk because we're his, right? And in that, we have a unique challenge here, family, because we're studying First Peter and a little preview in the future. He's going to talk about the way we discuss our faith with people who disagree. He says, do it with gentleness and respect. He says, it's not just what you say, what you believe, it's how you express it to people. Is it gentle and is it respectful? And so as we come to this issue, that's a big challenge for us as a house. Can we model a different way? In the culture, there, there's a lot of um, value put on polarizing to mobilize and stirring up anger. And, and, and the way of Jesus is a different way. It says, no, I have the ability to share what I think and share how I feel knowing that the person who has a commitment to Jesus on the other side is gonna care about me. And we may disagree on a policy, but I can love that person and we can love each other well. And let me just tell you this, we're also gonna be a church that is proactive. And I just love that we happened to fall on this week of all weeks where we were doing Love DC to serve the city because I want people to know that our faith expresses itself in action. That's what true religion does. And I am not someone who lacks optimism about people whose financial and physical and emotional resources are depleted. I have a belief that God can take people out of the depths and raise them to the heights. And I believe he calls us to do that. So I wanna challenge us, church. I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but I don't really care what you tweet or what you post online but I care a lot about if, where your money and time goes. And so if your money and time isn't flowing towards children, babies, women, those who are hurting in the community, James says that is not a worthwhile religion, that it flows towards them. So as a house, that's where we're moving. And we believe God's gonna bless that. And we believe there's gonna be people who have a hope and a future because a house like that exists. And I just wanna say this too before I move on. You know, I grew up in a house where I watched my mom, I watched my mom lead an organization for teen moms. And I watched her move towards people who, who a lot were counting out. Those kids don't have a chance. Those moms don't have a chance. And I watched my mom with no applause, no fanfare, stay up late nights to write grants to get money. There was none, but she went and found it. And she provided the, the medical care. 
nurses and doctors, provided the emotional support of a community that could love each other and a space to be safe in, and provided the physical support of cribs and beds and diapers and all that expensive stuff that you need, and the financial support to have a daycare and someone to care for your kids so they could continue in their education. And she told these young women, you stick with me, we'll care for these kids, and we will get you into a college and get you a scholarship and get you a degree. And I watched over decades that story play out over and over again. And now many of those women are nurses, they are teachers, they are superintendents. And when my mom retired, one of them took over that organization. And their daughters are in college and their sons are in college and they've not been counted out. And so again, I don't know where everyone in this room stands on policy, but I know where Jesus stands on a hope and a future. And I know the people of Jesus are meant to move in to say, and we're going to be the hands and feet of that expression. His grace to me flows through me, and it makes a difference in the lives of people. And I want to be a church that can line up on this stage, children, babies, moms, fathers, families that said we had no resource and no hope, and now we do. And a community came around us, not just with a couple bucks, but with love. And we walked out of here, and we have hope and a future, and the gifts God put inside of me, I can use to be a blessing to the community and to the city that blessed me. Amen. So that's my heart on that. There's more to say, but I imagine some of you want me to say more and some of you are like, please move on. You're like, all right, let's move on to a controversial passage on marriage, shall we? But before we do, let's pray together, church. Yeah. Welcome back from vacation, Ben. All right. So can we pray together? And, and I'll be honest, uh, Obviously, you can be in whatever posture you want to pray. And you look at pictures of the early church and it was often standing with their hands up. But I just think on a week like this and some of you, by all means, just stay in your seat if, if uh, it's best for you physically, health-wise, whatever. Some of you, if you want to kneel though, I just think what's going to be true of us is we're going to want to say, this week found me praying. And so if you want to spin around out of your seat and kneel down or wherever you can do that, if you need to stay, if you're boxed in in a booth, don't stress about it. But I want to give you the freedom to move around if you wanted, and I just want to give you a chance to pray. We were praying earlier as a door holder team in a community that this would be a house of healing. So maybe church, you could just take a minute and you could ask that. I don't know who's sitting to your left and right, but let's just pray over this room together, not over the country or hypothetical people, but let's pray in this room and just ask for God's grace to touch some people that need hope today, that need to receive Jesus's grace today, that need to feel his comfort today, maybe some that they're not getting all the answers they want, but they just want to know there's, a, there's peace that surpasses understanding. And Let's take a minute and pray for our country. 
again, much will happen in the days ahead, but it's likely that there will be more babies around. And this is the moment the church needs to step in and say, and we will come around them. We won't just say they have dignity and value. We will express it with our wallets, our time, our homes, our spare bedrooms, our beds. Some of us will raise these kids. All of us need to play a role in it. And that's not a shaming thing. The church leads the way in adoption. If you look statistically, it leads the way in charitable giving, but so much more needs to happen. So pray for the church to rise up and to step into what she professes to be a source of healing and hope for families. And then let's pray for all of us and that as a country, just let's, let's ask the Lord to heal the way we talk to each other, not even just the what, but the how. Let's come before the throne of grace and say, God, would you pour out your grace on us? And nobody's too far gone. No country's too far gone. No people is too far gone. Lord, help us speak to one another with gentleness and respect. Father, we love you today. And Lord, thank you that even though we're a young church, we're already moving forward to relieve suffering and bring hope and help into the city. I pray for that to exponentially increase. And God, I pray comfort for those in this room that need to know that they are not too far gone. I pray for release for some that have felt bound up in shame or in anger. I pray hope for some that have just been so discouraged that they could look up and see a vision and a future. There's, there's good in the world too and God is using his people to do it. And God, I pray these would be catalytic days for many people in this room to say, okay, I'm done just living for me. But Lord, leverage my life, my time, my money, my resources, my energy to help other people. And I pray there's people in this room that young girls and young boys will have a hope and a future because people in here individually said, I'm gonna make a difference. I'm not just gonna get a job in DC. I'm gonna teach someone to read in DC. I'm not just gonna use this city. I'm gonna serve the people of this city. I'm not just gonna walk through my neighborhood. I'm gonna know the people in it. that I don't just throw a couple bucks their way, but I throw my life their way and say, I will walk with you and love you and live with you and bless you. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. Thank you that you've given us this time together. Thank you that we get to pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church DC podcast.